we have clients or people that call and say, my claim got denied, why? Well, they said they don't cover floods. I'm like, well, you didn't have a flood, you had a pipe break. People right. say the wrong stuff. They don't know what to say. These policies are made to deny and underpay claims. It's just the way it is. No matter what insurance you have and how good your coverage is, it still that helps. They're there to underpay the claim and delay it as long as they can. It's just the process. You're listening to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show, a podcast that discusses the intricacies of real estate investing with your host, Marcus E. Maloney. Marcus is a real estate investor best known for being the equity king. He's been awarded that moniker because he and his team find amazing real estate deals. He will be talking with investors who have done some transformational things in the real estate industry. They'll discuss their process, their strategies, and how their investments transform their lives and the communities they invest in. We welcome you to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. Hello, We Love Equity Real Estate family. How are you guys doing today? Well, if you're asking me, I am doing awesome. We have some some deals in the pipeline. We're closing on some stuff and we're doing quite a bit of work. But today, what I want to do, I want to introduce you to Andy Gercheck. Andy is a private insurance adjuster. He's actually in the Chicago land market and He's been doing insurance, private insurance adjusting for over 10 years. And the reason why I wanted to have him on today is because I recently had a claim. I didn't have a private insurance adjuster, but in speaking with Andy, brought some things to light, shed some light on my situation. I thought it'd be a benefit for you guys to hear from Andy. Andy, how are you doing today? Hey, man, I'm great. Always great. It's really nice in Chicago right now. We're not getting rain, no snow. It's nice. Yeah, I know. Me being from Chicago, hey. I understand you get that good weather for about three months, about 90 days. And then it's, you never know what you're going to get after that. You have to enjoy it. it. Yep. So Andy, introduce us to our listeners, introduce us to you. Who are you? What did you do prior to real estate investing and everything like that? Yeah, I've been a PA now, I think over seven years, 10 years altogether that I was training with someone, learning the business. Before that, I was in construction, did everything from roofing, fire restoration, pretty much did it all. I learned it all, did a little bit of sales as well, and then put it all together. Met a gentleman by the name of Herb Johnson, who kind of taught me the business. I had like four years of experience. He was yeah, about 40 years, four years of experience that was taught to me within like two, three years. I just had a bunch of knowledge thrown at me and then turned it and started the company and just started growing. And as it grew, we took the money with, we actually take the money with the wife and we invest in a lot of real estate. We own our own rentals, whether it's duplexes, single family. Now we're actually looking at some land okay. out in Indiana. We're kind of always looking to invest in something else. I, I know what your listeners kind of, what situations they're in. So perfect. Perfect. So prior to being an investor, you were in sales. How do you think that sales job kind of translated over into your real estate career? I, I would I would say if, if you can do a couple out of high school, if you could do something, it's either sales or like construction. I think those two, you will always use those. You'll never lose what you learn. Sales specifically, when it goes to negotiating deals, dealing with people, whether it's employees, attorneys, anyone in, in the industry, it just goes a long way. That knowledge, no one can ever take away from you. It's, you use it every day. Absolutely. And I hear quite a few investors that I talk to on the podcast. They always say sales 
having a sales background is really, really good because it goes into negotiations. It goes into building rapport with sellers, how to think like they think, how to move them off of their position so they can see the benefits of your position. That's definitely a skill set, you guys, that you definitely need to have. So Andy, insurance adjuster, man, never had one on the show. Kind of tell us real quick, because we're going to also talk about your rentals, how you got your first rental and everything like that. Matter of fact, let's do that. Let's do that now. Let me pivot a little bit. Let's do that now. You talked about you had built up this portfolio. You were taking money to buy rentals. First of all, why? Why did you, why did you decide, hey, you know what? I want to buy some yeah. property. My first book I read was Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. Um, that kind of opened my eyes to everything. And then, so when, before, when we were getting married with my wife, I was like, well, she kind of liked the idea of real estate too. We just both kind of were on the same page uh, and we bought our first duplex. Okay. I think we lived on one side and we rented the other side. That other side basically paid for, paid all our expenses. We lived for free, which was really nice because I was just growing my business. It was pretty hard back then with every penny counted. So it was nice. We didn't have to worry about my income or anything. I was able to focus on the business. And I think that's a strategy now used by, like, I think people, you call it BRRR or BR or something. Yeah, there's two caveats to it. First, you house hacked. You bought a duplex. You lived in one side and let the tenant pay for your mortgage. You and the wife can live for free, which is definitely a great strategy when you're getting started. Because like you said, Hey, you know what? You was just getting started. You started a business. Every penny counted. You didn't have to have that huge liability of making sure I come up with a mortgage payment every month. Man, kudos to you and the wife for jumping out to getting started like that in the beginning. You got that first duplex by reading Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. After that, what happened? What what transpired after that? Because I know you're you're now you're 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 enlightened because you're like, wow, you know what? I'm living here for free. Somebody yeah. else is paying for this. What was next after that? Yeah. So and again, Robert Kiyosaki was the first, but I definitely read more and studied more. Yep. All these hacks and all these strategies, I didn't even know about it. We were just it just felt right. The money made sense, and we ran the numbers. And being from construction background. I'm like, I can look at a house. I don't need an inspector. I can kind of look, okay, this is good. This is good. I kind of could do the math or, or not the math, but see what kind of risk we're getting into and what's, how good is the, the home itself. Once we got that, we bought that FHA. That was because I think that was before we got married. That was under my name. We got, we got that building. And then we ended up a year later getting another one under my wife's, which was not far, like 15 minutes from us, another duplex. And that one already had both tenants in it. Now we own two duplexes with three tenants. Perfect. Perfect. And and the reason why that is so perfect is because you guys really strategize. You bought the first one and got the loan just under you. Correct. You got you got two units. And then you said, okay, wife, let's get you in a position. And then she bought the other two units. Correct. You guys started out with four units and you only, didn't because only putting down three and a half percent down. I need you. Only, only putting down three and a half percent. You guys left yourself free to capitalize on four units versus just two. If you and the wife got that first FHA loan together, was that a strategy or you guys just decided to do it that way? Kind of by accident. We didn't know <laughs> my mortgage guy. Oh, hey, the loan was just under you. You, 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 your wife wants to get another one. She could, you know, then we got, I'm like, oh, I didn't know it worked out. And I tell this to people now, I'm like, hey, if you're not married, there's advantages you can take. Cause again, the goal in investing is 
use other people's money or put a little yep. bit of your, of your money as possible. We're always looking at how can we build our, our, our portfolio with as little as money down. Okay. Let me ask you this, Andy, coming into it, did your wife inspire you in the real estate or did you inspire her? I think maybe I would say I inspired her, but she was always on the same page with me. We're a pretty good team. So we always compromise. We might have different views, but we always come to the same. Again, we both have the same goal, right? In the end is to create wealth through real estate, like so we can travel, so we can do stuff, even if the business is growing and right now business is good and it's bringing in money and we don't need that real estate, but it's there to give us that money every month. So- Okay. Because I know some people, it may be the husband, it may be the wife, but one spouse is excited about real estate where the other spouse may say, well, let's take it easy. We don't know about this real estate stuff, tenants, especially now, hey, interest rates and the market recession, what do we do? That's good that you guys were able to partner and be on the same wavelength, so to speak, in order to get into real estate. And no no one going into it, just in terms of no one we never knew anything about rentals. My parents don't have rentals. My wife's parents have one, but nothing, just, they're just very small. We didn't know anything about it. I would just tell everyone is just, just do it. You'll figure stuff as you go. You're going to make mistakes, but you'll learn. But if you never do it, you might regret it. Never taking that chance. So. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, you could have did like most people sat there, read the book, got inspired and was ready to do something and then never pulled the trigger but then you actually pulled the trigger. What do you think set aside you from pulling the trigger versus some of somebody else that might hesitate and just sit on the sidelines? I've, I've always been the person that just does it and then kind of thinks after like, okay, did I make, like I'm always just do it first. Just go, go, go full. My wife's the conservative. I always say, say it like this. I'm the guy that just j- jumps in the pool and then sees how cold the water is. She will get in for like an hour. She has to dip her toe and it takes her forever to just different. But I'm just always like, let's go. Let's do the next thing. And, and I might not know what the end goal is. I'm uh-huh. still going to do it. I, I, I want to know. And if it's problems always occur with everything, we just kind of figure ways around them and just work your way. But that's good. I mean, it's good balance. You're ready to, to jump in and get started. And she's like, well, let's sit back. Let's analyze this a little and bit. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes she pulls me back and it's like, hey, 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 look at this. I'm like, oh, I didn't think about that. I'm like, good job. <laughs> so yep, it works yep. out. <laughs> Especially as an entrepreneur, we're always ready to jump right in and start yep. something new and dive right in because we figure, hey, we can conquer the world. Correct. It's good to have that, that <laughs> devil's advocate on the other side to say, well, what about this? And start punching holes in your idea. So yeah. that's good. Kudos for her. What's her, what's her name, by the way? Her name is Natalie. Natalie, great job keeping Andy curtailed a little bit. <laughs> yeah, she definitely. And sometimes it's frustrating because she wants to. She's like asking me all these questions and trying to like just make sure I'm we're making the right decision. I'm like, oh, why are you asking me? Why are you just let's just do it? And then I have to think about. It. I'm like, she's right. And I don't you know. It's hard to admit sometimes, but. Yep, yep, that's true. I mean, <laughs> everybody played their part when you're when you're building something. Yeah. So okay, you guys got these four four doors. Yep. Thing is going good. Everything is going great. What was next? What was after that? We bought land for ourselves to build on, which okay. now has doubled in, in value. And it's still sitting there. We, we haven't built just because of the pricing of material and stuff. We're kind of waiting. We're not in a hurry. Where did you guys buy the land at? The, it's in Crown Point. 
Okay, Crown Point, Point, Indiana. That's been our market, Northwest Indiana. We moved out of the suburbs of Chicago to Northwest Indiana, like I said, 70 years, something like that ago. And that was a time when there were so many deals out there still. Like, I wish we bought more. We obviously didn't have the capital because I was growing my business and it was all going back into business. But looking back at it, we bought at the perfect time. If we look at all our properties, they've doubled in value. Okay, great, great. And, and that the, the one of the reasons why I asked you about where, because I know you're in the Chicago land market. For those that don't know, Crown Point and Northwest Indiana is literally right over the border. It's really right. just a suburb of Chicago. Little um, Chicago, right? Yep, yep. Is your rentals in Illinois or are they in Indiana? In Indiana. We in kind Indiana. of focus everything in in this area, Northwest Indiana. That's okay. been our market. I want to keep everything closed. Because I still do a lot of hands-on. I like to fix stuff and do stuff. Not We can always hire out, but I do like doing stuff. I like being able to drive within 15 minutes to all my properties. Okay. So now I'm going to ask, guys, bear with me. I'm going to go a little personal here because for me, because I have our properties are in Illinois. And for those who don't know, Illinois is very, very liberal and it's like, Everything is geared towards the tenant, tenants' rights and everything like that. And we've been looking at Indiana because it's just across the border and everything is completely different. Laws, legislation, everything like that. Tell me, Andy, with Indiana, do you see that there is a pullback in the market there in Indiana at all? Or is everything still going pretty, pretty good there? It's still pretty go- good. We keep an eye on everything. I know my wife said she saw more foreclosures coming out. And okay. we keep an eye on that. But in terms of the market and house is selling, they're still selling a couple of weeks. They're, they're, everyone from Illinois is going to Indiana. It's yep. just, just such a huge thing because everything is so favorable here. You're only 40 minutes. I'm we're literally 30 minutes from the border and everything's different cheaper yep. taxes, no food. On, there's just so many benefits. And when you're talking about liberal laws, for example, and th- this is the reason we don't invest in Illinois is because I have friends that do it. And I know a lot of people that do it and, and props to them and everyone should do it if, if they feel comfortable. I just don't want those problems. I yep. don't want to be not be able to kick a tenant out that doesn't pay for a year. Uh, if you don't pay, that's fine, but let's just move out and I have to move on. Just different. But that's, that's why we've stayed in Indiana and focused here. Exactly. And that's that's where I was. I've been looking at like Miraville, Crown Point, yeah. Hobart, awesome um, Hammond, those areas just to see, kind of dip my toe in the water and see how it is over there. Because I, I have family that grew up in Miraville. So I know it's like you say, it's just right over the border. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Thank you guys for being patient. Just wanted to ask a personal question for no. me being, being a little selfish right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Indiana. How is it with tenants? Are you finding it easy to find tenants? Are they staying longer? Kind of give us your tenant structure. No, we knock on wood. We've had awesome tenants. All our tenants have been uh, great people. I think we had two turnovers for since seven years that moved out. And otherwise, everyone's been steady the same. We did a, we went with high every rental. We kind of put in granite. I, again, I was in the construction business. So I still have a lot of friends and connections in that industry. We put in granite, nicer floors, really did nice. And we asked for top rent. This was seven years ago. All our tenants, that people that really wanted them, had the, the funds, had the money, had good jobs. It was perfect. And those tenants have t- taken it. We go to our properties and I mean, everything is the way we left it. It's clean, okay. taken care of. Perfect, perfect. And then how many, how many units do you have, Andy? Right now we have seven. 
seven okay. seven doors seven doors total sorry seven doors okay and then are you self-managing i'm assuming yes okay yes. My wife takes care of the books, the leases and all that. Not much to do. And I handle the, I'll get a call maybe once every three months, something happens or check something out, something minor. Okay. Like I said, all the properties, I, I did a lot of work. So they're all up to date and, and maintained. I like to say maintained pretty well. Okay, perfect. Perfect. All right, guys, we're going to take a brief break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Andy about him being an insurance adjuster, how he got into that and how it can benefit you as a landlord, as a real estate investor. We'll be right back with Andy Gerchik. PropString is the industry's number one tool for locating distressed properties and connecting with highly motivated sellers with 100% coverage across the U.S. PropString provides a deep dive into any property's specific details, making it easy to generate lists of distressed properties and contact to the owners. No other product or service can compare gain access to MLS property details like expired listings. You can pull accurate comps, even sale prices in non-disclosure states. This information is typically reserved for licensed real estate professionals, but is also available to you in PropStream. Gain access to unlimited nationwide property search, comparable home sales, targeted marketing lists, and owner contact lookup, built-in marketing tools, hundreds of filters to search and sort leads. Start your free seven-day trial now by going to crowd.propstreampro.com slash we love it. Are you tired of seeing others become successful real estate investors and you just don't know where to start? You see all the Instagram posts of people being successful. You see the Facebook ads guaranteeing instant success. And you looked at tons of YouTube videos. And you even attended seminars just to be tricked into 10, 20, or even $30,000 courses. Well, with the Wholesale Equity Learning Lab, my husband is here to change things for you. Have you said to yourself, I'm deadly afraid to talk with sellers and I have no confidence. I don't know where to find motivated sellers. I don't know where to get the contract from. I don't know how much to offer the seller, let alone where to get the money from to close the deal. Well, in the Learning Lab, Marcus is going to show you how to overcome all of those challenges and more. Find out how by going to MarcusMaloney.com forward slash Learning Lab. All right, guys, we are back with Andy Gercheck, and Andy is a real estate investor in the Chicago land market, Chicago and Indiana. On our break, me and Andy were just talking about, and this is something that I really want you to hear. Andy talked about how he converted residential into commercial. Yeah, okay. How did you do that? And why did you do that for one? And then number two, was that the plan initially? Did you run the numbers on converting that property from residential to commercial? Or it was, hey, you know what? I'm construction. I'm getting into it. Hey, you know what? This may be a good idea. Let's do this. Kind of lay that, lay that groundwork yeah. for us. I don't like paying rent. I don't like, I'm very big on owning my own stuff. We were renting an office in Northwest Indiana in Crown Point. When I talked to the landlord and I was in contact with them, I like to talk to everyone. And I was like, hey, if you ever have something or property or something, I would be interested. And so it turns out there was a small, like this little house. It's not a house. It's two stories on like the downtown square that we have that he not inherited, but he bought from the, the, the person that was moving out. It was a long, that's a long story. But anyways, he told me about it. Never went on the market. We walked it and it's just a, it's a two-story house. And we already started thinking like, okay, 
upstairs we could put residential. Downstairs we'll put my office. We'll split the building in half, and in the front we'll put another office. We just start, and then we ran the numbers, and and uh, yeah, it's our best. It, it, it generates the most income. This property. So okay. But being in the, talking to people, I think the biggest thing is talking to people and, and being in circles and asking, hey, do you have properties? You would be surprised what happens when you actually stay in, and you talk to people and actually ask them for stuff. And, and that's perfect that you bring that up because that's what we tell a lot of people. We tell a lot of our students is you have to get out there and you have to let people know what you're doing. And right. you could be in the grocery line and just having a conversation and say, hey, you know what? We buy properties. Do you know anybody that's interested in selling? And you build those relationships. Yeah, it may not happen right there at that moment, but then they'll think about you when somebody says, you know what? I got a property I need to sell. And then they may say, well, you know what? I met this person. At the grocery store, we've been talking off and on. Hey, here's his contact info. Give him a call. You know, so that's that's a great way to find additional additional deals. And I'll tell you this, Marcus, we bought this as a residential property. We literally, if we if we literally just converted this, go to a city and convert this, that now where it's a commercial building, it doubled in value. That it could have doubled in value. Like and right now, we just go convert it and say it's commercial because we're still saying it's residential or whatever that we're keeping it. It literally just doubled in value overnight. Wow. Wow. So Great strategy. Being, being in the right place at the right time and talking to people and, and putting your name out there and you, that helps. Okay. Now you also talked about doing some land banking, man. You, you're you're yeah. kind of, we, we jumped on the show just to talk about yeah. insurance adjusting, but man, you're doing quite a bit, Andy. Kind of tell us about this land bank. Yeah. We're always looking with the wife again, Right now, the duplexes are doubled in value than what we pay for them. Right now, if we run the numbers on a duplex or a four unit, man, it doesn't make sense. We're like, if we buy this, we're not going to get any return. It's not going to be no passive income. We're going to have to put money. Those don't make sense. Housing is crazy. That doesn't make sense right now. It's hard to find a good deal, but we're always looking. And it turns out we were looking, I was looking for some land like about two hours south from, from, from Indiana here. And I was looking at land to quad with the, take the boys quadding, start teaching them quadding. We're looking at this 46 acres that just went on the market. And I contact the agent and it turns out this 46 acres, there's five, 10 acres that's farmland. And it turns out it's being rented. You're going to have 10 acres that's going to bring in, I think like 1300 a month. Wow. Okay. You're, you're already 1300 a month because, and these farmers are going to rent for years, the third generation. So, the, so- Right. So, so you, you leased it to ag company, you know, to just a, like farm, to a farmer yeah. that farmer, farms yeah. that land. And that, the, the, the farmer that's selling it is the farmer that's going to rent it because he wants farm. He doesn't want the forest. He just wants gotcha. the farmland. He's still going to lease it and, and, and rent that farm. And then five acres of the forest is owned by the USDA, like con- conservative act, something like that. Yep, yep. I don't know the exact terms. Conservation. Yeah, and they're paying eleven, almost twelve hundred a month for the till for the next eight years. The only for thing just is they don't for the land to just sit there. Just for five acres. The only deal is you can't build on it. Well, we weren't right. gonna build on it anyways. We were just gonna ride quads through it, which they don't care. That means you're generating like almost we did the math, almost twenty five hundred a month on the property that you're you, what are you you're not gonna do anything, you're gonna go there and quad. And then you can also rent some of the land for hunting. Yeah, you can make even more and I mean I we started going and doing all these like ideas, start Googling stuff. And I'm like, wow, 
we could this farmland could be the best property we have. <laughs> right. And it, so, and it's funny how you just stumble upon some of these things. Yeah. And that's why I tell people, you just got to get out there and you got to do it and start taking massive action. And when you take that action, now you can start seeing, hey, you know what? I can convert yeah. this residential into commercial or I can take this farmland and have this farmland start generating income. And I'm I'm definitely familiar with farmland because we own a farm about 60 miles south of Chicago. And that's what we do. We lend, we lend like 25 acres of the land to a farmer. And that's all he wow. does is go in there, go in there and farm. Definitely understand, man. I'm a country boy. <laughs> yeah, I read, your, I read your bio. I even know your first job was a fire restoration job where your first investment with the family. Yep. Yep. You got it. You got it. Let's, let's kind of, that's a great segue, man. Let's kind of jump into that because Right. When we got into it, we bought an old fire damaged property and the people, they were paid out the insurance, got the insurance money and said, you know, what? we don't want to rebuild the property. We just want to sell it. You coming from a investor background and a private insurance adjusters background, what can people look for if they have a claim? Why should they use a private insurance adjuster? Yeah. E- the easiest thing is because the value on your money, the value on that claim is going to be so much higher. No matter if, if you hire a good PA, again, there's there's bad PAs like any industry. There's good attorneys, bad attorneys, wherever you want to go down the road. But you have a good PI on your team. The, the, the value, the amount of money you're going to get more than you would without them. And then another thing is it's going to be prevent from your claims even getting denied. Because we have we have clients or people that call and say, my claim got denied. Why? Well, they said they don't cover floods. I'm like, well, you didn't have a flood. You had a pipe break. People right. say the wrong stuff. They don't know what to say. These policies are made to deny and underpay claims. It's just the way it is. No matter what insurance you have and how good your coverage is, it's still that helps. They're there to underpay the claim and delay it as long as they can. It's just the process of it. By having a PI, not only does the claim go quicker, your claim gets accepted and paid because we present it the right way. And then we actually bring so much more value to the claim. Let me ask you this, Andy. Yeah. What if a person had a, had a claim? The insurance company came out and they said, okay, this is the cost. And they send you the check and you cash the check. Can you still go back with the PA and try and get additional money? That's an awesome question. Because a lot of, we have clients like, I'm, I have the check. I've had it for like six months, but I'm not going to deposit. I'm like, why? You can deposit it. Unless it's like a liability claim that says you signed off on like a, a sign off on something. Yep. That claim is open usually for a year up to two years depending on gotcha. the state and the policy. Yeah. If you had a claim, you got the first check. Yeah. We come in always on the back end, like on those claims, people call us because that's when people never, especially people that maybe are not investors or landlords or stuff like that, just regular people or residential homeowners, they don't know there's a PI, there's a private adjuster because the insurance companies won't tell you, no one's going to tell you. Right. 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 Um, so they'll usually call us. It's after a couple months, they're like, and I'm getting screwed. I'm not getting paid. No one's answering my phone call. There's just so many problems. And that's when they start Googling and that's when they find us usually. Okay. Okay. You can hire a private insurance adjuster after the claim and you've cashed the check and everything like yes, that. But what would be the best, what's best practice? Best Andy? practice is to have a PI. If, if you're an investor, landlord, anyone, even a residential homeowner, to have a public adjuster on your team or have them in your phone, have them on speed dial. Because if something happens, don't rush to call the insurance and file a claim and tell them this, this has happened. Because they record everything and they write everything down. There's a process to filing a claim. When we, when our clients call us, even with the, hey, 
Andy, we had a mouse. Can we file a claim? Like it's the smallest stuff they ask if they can file a claim. <laughs> but, we'll, but we'll always tell them and, and look at the situation and say, you know what? This is your deductible. This is your claim. This is your policy. Don't file a claim. It's not worth it. We'll always look forward. But you want to call that PA as quickly as possible so they can set the claim and get that claim going right from the beginning. There's something called setting the reserves. And that means when you file that claim, they usually ask what's the amount of damage or what do you think was damaged? Because they're trying to set a reserve. And okay. if they set that reserve and then we come in and they set their reserve very low, let's just say 20,000, but the claim actually should be 50. Anything above that 20 is going to take for, it's going to go through like 10 managers to get approved. And it's just going to take that claim so much longer. Gotcha. Gotcha. Everybody. Sorry, that should, yeah. Everybody should have a PA on their team. Let me ask you this, Andy. Also, how do the PA get paid? Is that something yeah. that, the investor pay monthly for, or yeah. is it out of the claim? Kind of, kind of go over that with us. No, that's a good question. It's per claim basis. And it's usually a percentage, 10, 15, 20. Every PA is different. We have a set scale of 10% across every state because okay. we actually service 12 states as of today. We, I think we have California, Texas, uh, Indiana, Wisconsin, Illinois. I could go down the list, but pretty much every okay. state. If we don't have a state, we're pretty quick to reciprocate and get our license in there for our clients. But the fee is, like I said, 10, 20. Some states like Tex- Texas, they cap you at 10%. Okay. You can't even charge more. It's usually 10. For our larger clients that have large claims, meaning 500 million and over, then our fee drops down for them. We have a scaled fee just for our large clients. Okay. And then that 10% fee is that's automatically paid out from the insurance company to the adjuster, or yep. once the investor get the check, then they cut you guys a check. Exactly. Once they get the check, once we get the claim settled, they pay us our fee. The insurance or the investor? The, the, the client. Okay. We, the, the fee is paid of the total settlement. The settlement is a hundred thousand. Then they would owe us ten. And sometimes gotcha. people, sometimes people get hold up. They're like, "Oh, well, you're charging a fee, or you're ten percent, or 20. Listen, our twenty, like I, we literally can charge most of our clients fifty percent and up, because that's how wow. much more we get them, how much more value. It's it just that that's how much more money. And remember this: the most important thing is you're getting the money, Marcus. Not the restoration company, not the mitigation, you, meaning you're going to have the money so you can hire your own contractors and get everything done and then have money left over to buy two more properties at the end. Gotcha. Okay. Completely understand. All right. That brings a lot of clarity, clarity to the picture because again, most people, they always depend on their insurance company. Okay. I've been paying this insurance. I have a claim. Let me call the insurance company out. And then they say, Hey, it's only worth $4,500. And most people, they just say, okay, that's what I get and get the check, cash the check and go and get the work done. But what you're saying is for those people, hey, you know what? Always have that adjuster. That way they can get you the most and they can advocate for you 100% on behalf of for the insurance company. Yeah, that way, because and that's that's what a lot of people think. A lot of people think that hey, the insurance company is working for me. No, like you said, those policies are written to ensure that they cover themselves. A hundred percent. And you got to remember the insurance adjuster, the staff adjuster, the insurance agent, the contractors, who's paying them? The insurance yeah, company. The insurance company. Yep. They have bonuses to a certain limit where they get claims paid and how to, to a certain reserve. It's all, it's all calculated. They have guidelines. We don't pay for this. We don't do this. It's the same with every carrier. And when we come in, 
it's a whole different story. Now we're negotiating. Now we're advocating. We can take that whole claim and turn it around. And instead of a $50,000 claim, now you might be talking about a $150,000 claim and other endorsements that we can get on. Wow. wow. And that, so where we pride on ourselves is not just being good at negotiating and, and estimating and providing the claim, but it's to, to make the client understand is that we get you the money, not the restoration company, right? If it's a $100,000 claim, the, the restoration company is taking all that money. No, right. we want you to have that money because now I can tell you, hey, go get estimates from other contractors. You might be able to put an addition with that extra money. Gotcha. That's just the case because the margins are, are, are very high. And that's why I tell all our clients like, hey, hold on. Don't be in a rush. Don't give away your money. That's your money. That's like if someone stole your car, they owe you for that car. You should get that money, not anyone else. Wow. This is this is this is exciting news because the reason why I wanted to have you on is because rental property owners, landlords, a lot of times they don't want to deal with the minutia. They don't want to, some, some people, they still work in a full-time job and they just have this rental as, Hey, just kind of supplement my income. And if something, something happens, then it's a burden upon them. But what you're saying is, Hey, call the insurance adjuster. They'll come out. They'll help you. They'll handle everything for you. You can still live your day-to-day life. You don't have to worry about anything and still be able to be compensated correctly from your insurance company. And new, new clients that call us, they'll be like, well, my tenants are freaking out that I should pay to have them move out or pay for their stuff. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me, let's sit down. Let me walk you through what's going to happen. Do you understand? And if your tenant doesn't have rental insurance, you know, I, we tell all our tenants, please get rental insurance. I see what happens. If a fire happens, you get nothing. Because yep. the policy for the landlord only covers the structure and maybe the appliances like the fridge or anything that the owner would have at that house. Other than that, it's it's all lost. It's all burnt down and it's just gone. Okay. And I'm not going to try and throw you under the bus or anything like that, yeah. Andy, but give us an example of a claim where the insurance company tried to offer X, but then you guys went back and was able to walk the property and then get the get that number bumped up. Yeah, which scenario? Let me it give you one. Yeah, yeah you know, which one? Let's just do the last one we had. We just did one with this was with I'm not going to say the insurance company, but same thing. They were getting offered the first offer. Thing was twenty five thousand. This was in Texas. It was a uh, water loss pipe break. It was twenty five thousand. We fought this for almost a year, back and forth, back and forth. The insurance company was just horrible. The, in that time. The insurance like went through a divorce, their kid, like they had so many stuff happen. And it was just, but after a year, we just settled it. It's 365,000. Wow. Their offer was 25. 25 grand. 25,000. We're at 365 and I'm not done because technically they didn't pay for like debris removal coverage and some other minor stuff. There's probably another 15, 20,000 that they should still get. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Life changing. I mean, and the thing yeah. about it, they went to an attorney, right? And, and again, attorneys are needed in some, some situations. If we just keep going, keep going, we can't, then there is a need for an attorney, of course. Okay. But if you got an attorney involved right away, that's 40% that would have came off. We're at 10%. Think okay. about the value we brought at 10%. At 25,000, they're at 365. Even after paying us, they were at 25. I mean, we didn't double it. We went from 25. That just, yeah, yeah. And that's everyday claims. This happens every day with three to four claims. Wow. So, so what you're saying is in this instance, if that, if that owner would have went directly to an attorney, it would have been 40% versus. 30 to, it's usually 30 to 40 at an attorney and they're needed. 
but mm-hmm. not in most situations, a PA, if it's a good PA, they can get the claim settled. Okay. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Andy, I mean, you gave us tons of information on today. What I want to do before we, before we let you go, man, I want to put you on a hot seat real quick. Yeah, we talked about, we talked about <laughs> books and everything like that. Tell us, what do you think set apart good investors or those who have longevity in the industry versus those who fizzle and die out? What's a characteristic you believe every quality investor should have? Yeah, I, I just think like steel of nerves, like you just have, you have to overcome that fear. I think that the guys that just go and do it and just don't think, just figure it out as they go, are the ones that succeed. The ones that just sit back and take all these classes and all these seminars. And there's, you can read books all day. You have to just go take action. People that take action are the people that succeed. Okay, perfect. In perfect. any kind of industry, right? If you take action, you, you move forward. Because okay. if you're not moving forward, then you're just standing there or you're going back. That's, That's true. Bad. That's true. Take action, overcome those fears. That's a characteristic that every successful investor needs to have. All right, Andy, give us one good book recommendation. You gave us Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Anything else you want to share with us? Yeah, one that is very good for people doing the small stuff every day. It's called The Slight Edge. Okay. The Slight Edge. But one of my favorites, uh, I read it not long ago. It's one of the greatest reads is The Alchemist. Love it. Love Alchemist. It. If someone, if you can read a book, you can literally, when I picked that book up, I couldn't stop reading. I had, to, I just took the day off and just read the book because I couldn't stop reading. It was so good. Like I was telling you, we just moved into this place. My studio yeah. isn't set up. Usually I have a bookshelf here with books <laughs> and Alchemist is one of the books I normally have up there. I, Isn't it a great, I mean, it's a great book. I, it is. It, it's so many foundational principles yep. in there, but yet it's a story. It's not like you're just being hammered on these foundational principles, but it's a story that goes along with this. Yeah, you I, just love that story. And it was, it was hard to like, I'm like, oh, what's going to happen next? Like, you just want to know and keep going. So <laughs> yeah. and these principles are like thrown in there and you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yep, so. guys, if you have not read The Alchemist, Make sure you read The Alchemist. I can't remember. Paulo Coelho is the the author. Make sure you read The Alchemist. It's a great book. Like Andy said, you won't be able to put it down. Okay, Andy, starting over, what would you do differently if you can go back 10, 15 years? I don't really regret anything because I've learned so much. I guess I would buy more properties. I would take more risk, even be more, more aggressive, I think. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. All right, Andy. Thank you, man. We put you on a hot seat. Tell us, how can we find you? How can we get in contact with you? Yeah. Just for your listeners, what I'll do is I think the quickest way people can reach me and our company is I'll give you your listeners, my cell phone. They can text that number. If they want, they can call. It's my cell phone. It's literally my cell phone. I'm going to give you that number, put in your phone book, save it as Andy, private adjuster, private adjuster, public, whatever you want to save it. But save it and have it in your phone book because you might not have anything today or maybe in 10 years or never. You might never have a water claim, a fire claim, a hail claim. But when you do, call us, text us, like literally text me. I'm, I'm always available. If I don't get back to you right away, I'll definitely call back. You can check us out on allcityadjusting.com as well. Just Google All City Adjusting. We come up everywhere in pretty much every state. But my cell phone number for all your listeners is 708-655-418. That's 708 Six five five four one eight six. That's literally my cell phone. Save it. 
it's it's going to pay off in the long run when something happens. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, Andy, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you being on the show. You guys got the information that you need. You have sent Andy's cell phone. Give him a give him a call. And like you said, just store that number in your phone just in case you need it someday. Or go to allcityadjusting.com to reach out to Andy to get additional information if needed. So, Andy, man, I really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. In parting, any last words you want to share with the audience? No, I think just keep going. Just keep moving up. Don't stay stale. No, just keep learning and keep educating yourself and keep growing. Keep growing. It's fun. All right. Thank you so much, Andy. Guys, you know what to do. You receive the instructions. Get out there. Take action. Move at the speed of instruction, as Mr. Uh, J. Massey would say. And you know what I always say. Always, always get out there and enjoy the journey. All right, guys. That was Andy Gerchik. And he is a real estate investor and insurance adjuster. Definitely wanted to have him on to see how you can position yourself if you have a claim, what you should do. And if you haven't had a claim, just having this type of person on your team. We always talk about building your team and making sure you have the right people on your team. Andy is definitely the person you need to have or someone like Andy having that insurance adjuster. That way, if you have a claim, you can get the full benefit of what is owed to you. Because a lot of times what happens is you pay these insurance companies faithfully every month. And then when it's time for you to put in a claim, they won't, they don't want to reciprocate, you know, that payment back to you again. Thank you, Andy, for being on the show. You guys got the information on how to find Andy. So make sure you get out there and take action. What I do want to end this podcast with is, hey, we are finally opening it up. We are finally creating the waiting list for you to work directly with me on a national scale. As we do fix and flips in multiple markets, we do wholesales in multiple multiple markets. And a lot of times I get a lot of people that say, hey, Marcus, how can I work with you? How can I work with you? And prior, only thing I provided was a 15-minute free consultation. You would jump on the phone with me, have all of your questions lined out, and I will bang those questions out one by one by one, answering those questions for you. Well, now I'm curtailing the 15 minute free consultations. And then because I want to be able to reach more people and be able to provide this service to more people, because there's, there's definitely more people asking, and I can't handle all of the calls that come in as far as people wanting a 15 minute free consultation. We created the wholesale equity learning lab. And what this is, is it gives you an opportunity to learn how to market to direct sellers So you can get properties under contract, purchase properties off market. That means not going through a realtor, not going through another wholesaler. You are direct in contact with the seller. That way you can get the best deals and the best bargains out there. I'll give you an example. We purchased the property not too long ago. We purchased it for $90,000. It was worth $275,000 all fixed up. We went in, we put in about $60,000 worth of work into it. We bought it for 90, put 60 into it. By the time you get over all of the closing costs, fees, everything like that, we walked away with nearly $90,000 on that one deal. We had another deal that we picked up 
for $7,500, turned around, did the work into it, sold it for $150,000. We want to show you, I want to show you personally how we do this. I have a 12-week course to show you exactly how we pick these deals up off-market, the marketing strategies we use, the letters, the postcards, the text message campaigns, the contracts we use, all of my resources. I'm going to open it up and give that directly to you. What I want you to do right now is go to MarcusEMaloney.com. That's MarcusEMaloney.com. I want to take a gauge of who's all interested, go to MarcusEMaloney.com. Let's do the 15-minute consultation. And then from there, if I see that you're a fit, you're ready to go, then we'll send you the link to the waiting list because we will be starting August 1st. Trust me, we have rolled this out as a demo and we had 20-something students enroll. We already have one student that is closed on our first deal. Go to MRCS Maloney at IG, go to Marcus Maloney at Facebook, MRCS Maloney at Facebook. You'll see the testimonial, the pictures, everything like that on that deal that we're going to be fixing up and bringing to market. If you're interested, you want to get into real estate investing, this is your opportunity for you to get into real estate investing. And I'm going to give you a quick Quick info, it's not $30,000, it's not $20,000, it's not even $5,000 to work directly with me, again, because I want to provide a service to you guys. That way you can transition and change your life just as I did. I started with a $250 first premier credit card, and now we're closing multiple deals in multiple states monthly. And it's obtainable for you as well. Check me out. Go to MarcusEMaloney.com. We'll love to speak with you directly, see how we can help, see how we can work with you. All right, guys, remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for listening to today's show. I picked up some great actionable items and I'm sure you did as well. If so, let me know. You can always reach me via social media at facebook.com slash Maloney. Twitter at MRCS Maloney, and of course, IG at MRCS Maloney. You can also always reach me via email at mmaloney at equityri.com. Make sure you reach out to our guest as well. You can always find their contact information in the show notes below. If you have not subscribed already, what are you waiting for? Join the family. And while you're at it, leave us a five-star review. This is how we tell if we're providing you with what you need for your journey. If there's someone you would like for me to interview, or if there's a subject matter you would like for me to cover, please let me know. Finally, if you're looking for additional information about real estate investing, go to equityrealestateblog.com, also youtube.com slash Marcus Maloney. Until next time, family, always enjoy the journey.